What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 85 of More Wrestling's podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Morrison. Joined today, I'm in my second episode of the day. I've got Coach V of Presbyterian Wrestling. Coach V, how's it going today? It's going pretty good. Just enjoying the weather out here in South Carolina. So It looks nice and warm in South Carolina right now. I've had six days off this week, and rain is on the forecast for every single day. It is like 42 degrees out right now. It's It's not nice in northern New York, that's for sure. Yeah, we just got back from Vegas, so I was about 88 to, to 92 degrees out there, and we're at about 85 down here in sunny. So I feel uh, I feel it, you know, back in New York, I uh, I used to love those days that, uh, you know, what is it, six, seven days in a row of rain or snow. Um, things are a little different down here, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not jealous or anything, uh, for sure. <laughs> Anyways, uh, like you said, you were just in Vegas, you know, it's been a, a crazy last week or even just last month in general. Um, you know, it's been over a week since you've been promoted as a head coach of Presbyterian women's wrestling. Um, but that's not the only thing, like I mentioned, uh, you, you said you were just at Vegas, you know, you stepped on the mat competitively for the first time in like six or seven years competing at the U S open finishing three and two at 74 kilos, uh, in the senior men's freestyle. You know, what kind of made you want to get back into competing, um, you know, at this event? Obviously, you were there coaching as well. Um, but, you know, what what made you want to get into it? Um, I, I think a few different things, but uh, mainly I've had quite a, an interesting six or seven years getting into the coaching game and, and just getting out of college and uh, kind of figuring out really what I was looking for um, and, and then making my way through it. Um, and within those those years, there's been a lot of time spent digging into my career time spent building um at a few you know a couple different programs and and most recently this one over the last couple of years um and I've actually finally been in a setting where I've been comfortable the last couple of years in terms of being able to set a training schedule um in, in terms of being able to get on the mat an excessive amount um just just every chance that I've had I've I've been able to run into practices. We're doing private lessons constantly. I'm, I'm working with the men's and the women's team here over the last two years as a head assistant. Um, and I've just had so much mat time that I'm like, you know what, there's no reason that I, I shouldn't kind of find out where I'm at. Um, I had a, a little bit of an opportunity last year where they had a, you know, a small little tournament, um, smart nationals down in Florida. Um, we took a few guys down there just to have some fun and, uh, get on the mats in the off season. So I went down, I wrestled a little bit in that. And that was really my first ever time trying freestyle. Um, I ran into a couple other folk style guys anyway. So it wasn't, wasn't the best test. Um, but over the last year, I've really uh, just kind of broken down um, a lot of my freestyle game and, and I've trained freestyle over the last few years. I've never got a chance to compete in freestyle in high school. I never got a chance to compete in freestyle in college. Um, and I finally was just like, Hey, you know, you've been you've been saying you want to compete at this level at least once. Um, and, and why not now? And uh, honestly, once I started training, I was like, you know what, this might even not just be a one time deal. Um, but but I won't really know until I get out there and actually try it out. So the opportunity came. We had we had wrestlers that were interested in training for the U.S. Open. And I was like, you know what, this is this is the best time to, to find out really where I'm at um, and, and really if uh this is what I want to get myself into. And it just so happens that, uh, you know, over the last couple of months, we've had some coaching changes and, and been working toward um, growing these programs down here. And the opportunity came up for me to apply for the uh, the head coaching role here. So it just so happens that 
you know, uh, the Monday before the open, um, I, I earned the position here. So I, I got to get that little monkey off my back. And then it was kind of like, Hey, well, let's go have some fun out in Vegas. And that, that was it. Yeah. I mean, some fun you had because obviously going three and two was pretty impressive. Uh, I saw your first win and then I think I had to go to work. And when I came out of work the next morning, I noticed that, you know, you finished, uh, three and two, which is, you know, pretty impressive, especially since you said you didn't really wrestle freestyle, you know, growing up. So that's cool. Um, you know, you're mm-hmm. a true war- road warrior though. Like, like I mentioned, you were, uh, you were there, you, you went to Spokane as well for the women's nationals, correct? Yes, sir. Two weeks before. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, true war- road warrior, uh, hitting up the West coast. So that's awesome. But, you know, let's get into your, your backstory into the sport. Um, you know, for those that don't know, you know, you, you grew up in section nine wrestling, right? Um, so, you know, from going at the section nine wrestler to head coach now at a division one women's wrestling program, you know, tell us about yourself, you know, what's your backstory into the sport? So I was, uh, definitely a little bit of a late starter. Um, I got into wrestling, um, and thankfully, uh, in an area where at the time wrestling was, was really about to kick off, um, and start thriving. Um, I, I grew up in Warwick Valley. Um, my first year wrestling was, actually my eighth grade year uh which is a pretty pretty late start um compared to everybody who was who was on my team they all went through a really impressive youth program um they all had been wrestling since they were about five and uh i got into a modified program that had between seven and eight guys um so it wasn't very big modified program but but the uh the varsity program and the jv program were really thriving at the time um and so not a whole lot of experience within my first year, but, but right after that year ended, it was kind of go time. It was, uh, Hey, let's, let's get invested. Let's kind of see where we're at and, uh, and how we can really buy into this. I love the sport. Um, but you could, uh, maybe, maybe look into some New York, uh, some New York news articles or, or some, some older articles from back in the day. And, and you could actually find out I really was probably one of the worst wrestlers of all time um, <laughs> in terms of getting started and, and being, you know, that, that guy in our room um, who kind of was just thrown into the varsity lineup really because uh, we needed a guy there. Um, and, and my brother was a pretty good athlete. He had started wrestling the year before me. Um, he had some pretty impressive wins and was doing pretty good moving up through JV and onto the varsity team. And so just kind of because I, I had the same name as him, the the team felt confident enough to to fill a spot with me. Um, and uh, I, I would say I was probably a bit of a, a punching bag getting started. Um, but, you know, after my second year of, of kind of feeling the sport out, really understanding what it was going to take and kind of listening to some of the greats, uh, we went to a few different camps and clinics. And uh, I was really blessed to have two coaches who were phenomenal wrestlers. Um, John Canty, who was originally from Suffern. So another New York guy who uh, he was a couple time national finalist in, in college. Hey, Lawrence. Um, yep. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Up in my neck of the woods. My dad talks great things about uh, coach Canty. Um, the, the yeah. Fellow Hall of Famers. Just a great, a great human. Um, and, and, you know, he coached uh, Jason Bavenzi, who's an RIT guy now. Um, and, just a really great guy, but, but such a good coach in a way where he knew, he knew how important culture was. He knew how important the fundamentals were. Um, and he was, he was getting a, uh, he, he had gotten invested in a, a town that was really investing in the youth program and getting things running. And just the way that he ran a program um, alongside of Scott Brown, uh, who was our 
our other, I think they were co-head coaches at the time. Um, and uh, he, he was third at the Pan American games, just a phenomenal, a phenomenal guy to have in the room. Um, and, you know, they just did such a good job building the culture, you know, working on, on student athletes uh, becoming better human beings, but also just really breaking down the fundamentals and, and, creating a team. Um, by the time that I was a senior, uh, which is, it's kind of funny how this worked up, but really I, I took every single summer, my sophomore or my freshman, sophomore, junior year, and just, I didn't do a thing besides wrestle. Um, I didn't, I, I was in the club. Um, I was going to, to every single extra club practice and private lesson that I could ever imagine. Um, I was weightlifting. I was riding my bike every day. Um, I was that guy, and I, and I actually never even had a winning record until I was a senior in high school. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so your senior year of high school, right, was 2011. Uh, so, you know, you, yep. you mentioned that you got involved in 2008 or uh, in your eighth grade year, right? Uh, so, yep. um, you know, you probably missed, like, growing up watching Lou Ruggiero and Ricky Scott and Ed Bordas, right, when they were in high school? Just just barely, um, but Cody yep. Ruggiero, so right behind him, um, right. and Jamie Franco, uh Oh, yeah. You know, we yeah. had Mitch Whiteman on my own team. Um, we had Michael Santella, some some really, really great wrestlers at the time. Um, and then, you know, the whole back in the day in Section 9, I mean, we had we had four of the top 10 teams in our section dual meet wise. We had Monroe Woodbury, who was who was ranked in the country at that time. Um, Menacing Valley, who's obviously always just a powerhouse. And then, you know, Port Jervis back in the day, I mean, I think my junior year, they had three or four guys in the state finals. Um, just such an impressive, you know, group of, of teams down there in a section that, that really only has 16 large school teams. Um, so a small section, but, but just wrestling was just really thriving at the time. Uh, I mean, we even had Kingston and Newburgh who were, who were really impressive dual meet teams at those times. Uh, the Middletown, uh, Middletown was on the, on the rise. So it was, it was kind of a cool, cool time to be going through section nine um and then actually our senior year we we ended up setting every single section nine record um warwick for the first time ever beat minnesink uh warwick won the section nine duels we actually we had nine guys in the section nine finals with eight champions um and we set the overall team scoring record that year um so it was it was really cool to be a part of that but but it says a whole lot about the team I was part of and what it meant to be part of, of a good culture and a good team, because I was probably, you know, one of the worst of the best. So we had, we had eight section nine champions and, and I ended up being one of them. Um, but we just had such impressive wrestlers on our team. Uh, Shane Connolly, who was a five-time section nine champion, uh, Mitch Whiteman, who won the States for the first time uh, for in our, our town's history that year. So it was really cool to be, to be part of all that. Yeah, I mean, when I think of uh, Warwick Valley back then, like I think Mitch Whiteman, I think Shane Connolly, right? He had impressive uh, runs at the Eastern States tournaments. Um, but you know, that's mm -hmm. that's what I think of. And of course, like you mentioned, uh, you guys were Section Nine champs 2011. You were a Section uh, Nine champ in 2011, individual wise. You know, what was your mm -hmm. most memorable moment wrestling for the Wildcats? I would say uh, the, the Section Nine wrestling tournament. Um, we were we were a team full of guys who were hungry. We were a team full of guys who really just did the right things. Um, and this is just has played into my, my roles as a coach um, just from the beginning um, and just how important culture was. Every one of us was, was friends. Every one of us were, were hanging out during the summers. Anytime we went to a club, you know, we were hitting each other up. Hey, this is an opportunity. You love wrestling. I love wrestling. Let's go do it. Um, and, and we really got, got close with each other. And that year 
Uh, we had lost the section nine tournament by one half of a point the year before to menacing Valley. Um, and we had three guys who were seated above where they finished. Um, and, and so it really felt like we had let our own selves down. I, and I was one of those guys, I was a, I was a sixth place finisher, uh, with, a, with a losing record. Um, and a, uh, and I was a fifth seed um, and we had a couple other guys who were in the same boat. So when we made it to the section nine tournament the following year, um, I think every one of us was just on the same page. Um, we had a couple guys. Uh, we had maybe an eighth seeded guy that made the finals. Um, I was a four seed and I had lost to the guy who I beat in the, in the semifinals. I had lost the guy who I beat in the finals um, in previous weeks by, by four points each actually. Um, and then, we had a couple guys who upset some of the best wrestlers uh, in the state at the time um, to win titles. And it was just like, you know, after that semifinal, we, you know, John Canty came back, told us, Hey, you know, this is already our tournament. We've already sealed the deal. Now get out there and let's go to Albany, you know? And it was just such a surreal feeling every time that, that some, somebody's hand was raised, you know, it was a come from behind victory. It was something just like, it was just an amazing feeling of like hard work coming to fruition. And it was like being displayed in all the best ways. Um, and, and it really just brought us together as a team. I think it was, uh, I think a lot of us were unexpected of it. Um, even though we were really, really tough and we, and we had the talent, I think we just, for some reason, we always thought we were a little bit of the underdog. Um, and then we, you know, we finally, like I said, we put it all together and, it was such a good memory and, and just them announcing at the end. And we had known for hours ahead of time that we won the tournament, but them announcing it at the end, it was just like, it was just like, wow, you know, we actually just did something that, that not a lot of people can say they, they did. Um, and it all happened on like the 10th anniversary of, of the program as well. I mean, our program was that young and, and we were able to, to knock off Minnesink, knock off Monroe Woodbury, um, who, who, were teams with, you know, multiple state placers on them that year. Um, and it was just really, really cool experience. Um, and it was a, it was definitely a fun way to, to end our high school, our high school careers for some of us. Um, but it really actually set the tone for what was going to come for me next. Um, I had told myself, Hey, you know, if you don't really win a section title, I don't know if college wrestling is, is for you, you know? Um, and maybe that wasn't the best mentality to have, but that's just kind of what I had going in. But but winning that title actually was what told myself like, Hey, you belong, you know, you, you definitely have put the work in and this is what happens when you put the work in. Um, and, and this is, uh, this is for you. So let's go, let's go do some more. Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's impressive like what your team did in high school to, to come together and, you know, build, um, you know, the program up and obviously under the leadership of John Canty, you know, but just, you know, have that passion to all come together and, and do your own jobs and, paid off but like you mentioned um you know your first year having a winning record was your senior year of high school you know you won that section i title you talked about wrestling in college you know after graduating high school you chose to attend Cortland state mm -hmm. where you know you were once again surrounded by great coaching and special teammates but you know first of all shout out to the red dragons it is day three of wrestling sure today in may and uh right now i'm representing the Cortland dragons wrestling team so uh, there you go uh, shout out Cortland state but you know let's get into Cortland state they are known for their alumni to get into coaching, you know, largely into phys ed, um, you know, phys ed teachers, but more mm -hmm. so in athletics in general, right? A lot of those people go on to coach, whether it's wrestling or football or, or uh, soccer, you can go to any school pretty much in New York state and somebody has got a Cortland state tie. Uh, that's a teacher or a coach there. Um, but you know, what was interested you in Cortland and, you know, what did you major while, while you were there? 
Uh, so a couple different factors there. Um, I actually was one of the first in my family to ever go to college. So the college, the college recruitment process and the college search process was very new to us. Um, actually, my, my grandmother was the only other one of uh, somebody person in my family to go to college and she ended up going to Brockport um, and she was a phys ed teacher. So she had really talked me into looking into Cortland, looking into Brockport um, to get into phys ed, but actually phys ed was not, uh, wasn't on my radar. Um, I originally was looking into being a teacher, um, but I want to teach math, uh, which once I got to college had, had changed it up a bit, but Cortland did have a, a great math program. Um, but to be completely honest, I, I did not, I did not go through the recruiting process um, and the college search process with a good head on my shoulders uh, around people who were experienced in the process. So a lot of it had to do in my time with, hey, who is extremely successful in wrestling right now? Who are we looking at? Are we looking at Division One? Are we looking at Division Three? Um, as many know, there's not a whole lot of opportunity in NAIA and uh, Division Two in the Northeast, mainly New York. Um, so that wasn't really on my radar at the time. And then at, and at the junior college level, the two colleges with that are close to our county, Sullivan County and Ulster, they actually didn't even offer wrestling at the time that I was looking. Um, so it was really kind of coming down to, hey, who's looking at me? Um, and a little bit of a price point. Um, and then really the, the biggest thing for me was where am I going to go and, and where am I going to have a really great wrestling experience? Um, and at the time, I would say there were a couple of schools on the list that, that were right up there with Cortland. Um, and then I happened to be on a recruiting trip to one of those other schools. Uh, Cortland was the team they were wrestling and Cortland absolutely obliterated them. So I was like, you know what? why don't I just go there? You know, they're, they're really tough. They've got a lot of good guys um, and they seem motivated. It seems like a fun school. And, and that's actually kind of just the way I made my decision. Um, so I ended up going there. Uh, you know, I was there for five years. I had one red shirt year uh, where I injured my shoulder. So I was able to kind of extend my career a little bit. And I, I actually ended up majoring in uh, sociology and criminology. Nice. Um, yeah. So like being on those teams that are at, at Cortland state, you know, we're, we're getting into talking a little bit about that, but of course, Brad Brune was the head coach there, but you also had mm -hmm. Ryan LeBlanc, which is a head coach yep. at the Citadel. Um, you know, he was there as an assistant, which, I mean, I, I remember, um, you know, those two sitting in the corner coaching, whether it was Bobby Dierno or Joey Giermita, um, yep. you know, in the national finals, which is crazy. Like Cortland state had some really great years um, throughout those years. I mean, the, continuing to do so but you know looking at the roster and some of your teammates that have gone on to coaching we're talking about justin signorelli alfred state uh brandon mm -hmm. guthrie is at shaker uh, max miller is helping out at state college and also m2 training center uh tyler yep. beck with that marathon casey lanave at homer you know the list goes on um, but those are just a few of the guys at the top of my head um you know yeah. when was it that you knew that you wanted to get into coaching of course you said uh, remember your your senior year of high school was the first year you had a winning record. Then you had five years at Cortland state uh, competing for the red dragons, um, you know, getting out of Cortland state, you know, what, what kind of made you want to get into coaching? So uh, it actually all started beyond or, or way before leaving Cortland. Um, so I was, I was kind of always the guy in the room after everybody else was out of the room um, in terms of, Hey, youth, youth practices going on. I'm going to be there, you know, because uh, one, I think it was more, more mat time for myself. I knew I was the guy who everybody on the team was just like, man, did this guy ever stop? You know? Um, and this was, this started in high school. 
Um, I was just kind of the guy that if there was an opportunity to be on the mat, just call me. I'm there. You know, just let me know and I'm there. I'll stay after two, three hours because youth practice might start at eight o'clock at night. I'm there, you know. So I started out helping with the little guys really early. Um, I was also the guy who, you know, if a freshman was coming in, I was staying after with with a freshman who seemed motivated and seemed like they really wanted to get into it. And I was working with them. Um, and that continued on right into college. Uh, I think that, you know, one of the reasons that I ended up being a team captain um, was because I was I was so well, well equipped to welcome new wrestlers into our program. Um, you know, we were a really high level team. Uh, we were, we were ranked in the top five multiple years while I was there. Um, and we finished, you know, the national duels in, in the top five and the top six and in, in two of the seasons I was there, uh, you know, and we, we've had, we had such an impressive room that sometimes it took a while for some of the freshmen to get acclimated. Um, so I definitely, I was the guy who I think people could go to and get some extra workouts, but some probably also the guy who, who people could talk to um, and talk about their struggle and, and talk about, you know, Hey, this isn't working for me. What's up? Why am I not good? Or why am I not, you know, why am I not having success in the room? And, and a lot of times really all they just needed to hear was, um, was that it takes a little bit of time, you know, and that it takes a little bit of uh, going through the process of acclimating to wrestling somebody tough, every single day you know we had a room full of multiple time state champions every single year you know you it was hard to grab a partner you know for a division three room and and not have a state place or a state champion as your partner if not a returning all-american at the college level um so it was tough for a lot of guys and i think that was what really got me into into wanting to coach um so during my seasons where I'd be off uh, for the summer um, and during my redshirt year, I actually got to go back to Warwick every year. Um, and I was really, really lucky to be able to kind of help out with all of our youth camps. And then any sort of high school practices were going on. I was welcomed back into the room and was able to, to be a big part of growing Warwick wrestling at the time, um, which was, which was after John Canty had left. Um, so the new, the new coach that was in there, I was able to work alongside them and work with a lot of really great wrestlers Um and I just, I just kind of became that guy that every time I was home, I had a bunch of high school wrestlers saying, Hey, let's go get an extra workout in. Um, or, Hey, do you know if there's any, any practices going on? If not, can you get a hold of the AD and, and we can get everybody in the wrestling room tonight? And I was just that guy. Um, and at that point I kind of started to realize like, Hey, this is, this is what I really like to do. Um, and I didn't know, at the time, what level I would ever be coaching at, but I knew that I had to be somehow involved in, in a coaching role. Um, and then what was really, really awesome at the time, uh, was my sister was coming up through, um, elementary and middle school all while I was going back and coaching. So she just kind of came with me to everything. And actually that's what, what got her involved in wrestling at a, at a young age too. Um, and which was probably, probably one of the kickers to, to starting off my coaching on the women's side too. So, you know, you mentioned that you went back to Warwick Valley, but I, I know you started a wrestling club, um, yeah, I believe in the Section 9 area called Vision Wrestling Club. When kind of uh, did you start that? And, and I know you also coached at uh, SUNY Ulster for a little bit as well. You know, what was the timeline mm -hmm. after leaving Portland State that you, you know, you started that wrestling club and then, you know, you coached at SUNY Ulster? Uh, so yeah, so timeline for the wrestling club after, uh, after SUNY Cortland was, uh, was eight months and, and the only $10,000 that I had in my, to my name. So, uh, spent a lot of time working in that eight months. Um, I moved home just so that I could wrestle and coach at Warwick, um, as a volunteer assistant coach. 
So I would kind of gave up. Um, I used to, you mentioned Max Miller, um, myself and him were, were working for his landscaping company. Um, and you know, all the five years I was at Cortland, that's what we did all summer. Uh, we put together, you know, some, some 80 hour weeks most of the time. And, and we worked our butts off and helped out at journeyman wrestling. Um, and all during that time, we weren't really sure what was next after college. So college ended, um, I continued to work and he ended up looking for a, a, another position to use his degree in. Um, and at that time I was like, Hey, maybe, uh, maybe I need to start looking how to pursue, you know, some of my dreams. And, uh, right at that time, I actually decided, Hey, I'm going to finish up landscaping in, in September wrestling season starts in October. I'm going to move, I'm going to move home, um, back to Warwick. And, uh, right at the time I ended up moving to Warwick, um, I was uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a crazy story, but um, I was kind of just sitting around at my grandmother's house and um, she has this barn that was uh, just kind of sitting there. It was full of trash and dump. And uh, one of my, you know, family members had used it as a business previously, um, but it was just sitting in the woods. And uh, I just was walking around and kind of had this, this idea just like mulling over in my head. Um, you know, I was coaching at the high school. I was trying to find ways to, to find a place where we could do a little bit extra. Cause really that's all they needed was just a little bit more mat time. Um, and so I, I kind of pitched the idea to my grandmother that I wanted to clean the barn out. I wanted to rebuild the whole thing. And I, and I wanted to start, I wanted to start a wrestling club um, that originally was going to be for, for Warwick Valley wrestlers and then, and then college wrestlers at, uh, that were in the area at the time. Um, and then, as soon as it really, really started, uh, getting running, it, it started with, you know, a couple guys that were showing up and, and the word got out there. I didn't, I didn't really advertise a whole lot. Um, but I think people started seeing what we were all about there, um, and the culture that we were starting to bring and, and how we were going to start building the area. Um, and then it started really getting into my head that it's not just Warwick Valley that needs this. Um, I think the whole County, the whole, the whole section needs it. Um, I think that for historically, um, just that section in general, I think their, their mentality is great in terms of wrestling. Um, but in terms of collaborating, I just didn't see it there at the time. Um, at the time there was, there was zero wrestling clubs. Um, and, and I thought it was just, you know, time to really actually take advantage of that and really put it out there. Um, and at that, at that time is when, um, I started bringing in, uh, we, we started at what was called an elite practice. Um, and I started putting it out there on social media that, Hey, if you were ever a section nine placer, a section nine champion, or you wrestle in college, if you want to have, you know, basically an hour and a half of, of hard, tough wrestling, and you want to be the best, the best guy out there, this is the place to be. Um, so my, my grandma, I don't think understood that, uh, what I was doing was really trying to start a movement. And so when, when 15 cars started pulling up her driveway and, and parking and sitting there and uh, you know, the music was playing and we were getting workouts in and we had a rope outside and we had some tires we were flipping and uh, you know, we really kind of just got this thing kicking off. And, and uh, I think she was, she was more thinking it was going to be a little more laid back. And then, but once it took off, I mean, I just kind of ran with it um, and, and it really got me, talking and and looking into hey you know i'm not i'm not looking at any other way of making a living you know this is this is what i was born to do this is what i want to do um and i'm going to find any way that i can to go do it um and, and it was just just really cool um how it got started but i, I really kind of just took that risk i i dumped everything into it um and then and then i just i'm not sure how it happened but uh you know with my small connections that i made um 
and, and the people that God brought into my life. Uh, I, I was a journeyman for maybe a couple months, but I had, I had been cutting Frank Papalizio's lawn for five years um, and doing all his landscaping in the time that I had put all that money out to start my club. I had no money left for mats. Um, and this guy donated six Resolite mats, uh, slabs of Resolite mat to me. Um, and I drove up, I picked him up, brought him back down and, and, and he was the ultimate catalyst, uh, to be, be able to, to really get things kicked off. Um, and that's kind of how it all started. Um, and from there, you know, I, I had the club for, for, I was at Warwick for two years with wild wrestling, running the wrestling club in the summers and, and during the season. Um, and then, and then I was asked to take over, um, the job at SUNY Ulster after Justin Signorelli had taken over a new role, um, at Western New England at the time and now Alfred state. Damn, like that the vision wrestling club, like you had a vision for that barn, like just to see it sitting there, which I mean, I can say the same. I mean, I would would love to do something similar to a barn, which we're having a wrestling facility built in Governor, which should be awesome. But like just to have a barn like that where you have a vision where you're bringing in these high level wrestlers that want to get better and want to come in and work hard. And, you know, shout out to Frankie Pop, like that's huge for um, Frank Papalizio to donate those um, six slabs of mass, you know, I'm sure you made his lawn look good, but uh, I'm sure uh, you know, that's, that's awesome that he did that because, you know, that's kind of what being a journeyman is all about. Like you, 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 you know, you started something big and obviously it led into other things, right. You, you start, started coaching at SUNY Ulster, um, mm-hmm. you know, and shout out, I got to get a plug real quick. I, I'm sure this is still on your schedule, but the senator's wrestling clinic at SUNY Ulster is May 13th. Uh, and 14th, I believe, and you'll be there May 13th, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, so shout out to them. Um, You know, if you want to see Coach V, that's where to go. But, you know, so you went there. You were at SUNY Ulster for two years. Uh, You know, then did you go to poker um, shortly after that in South Carolina? Yeah, so it kind of it came to the point where, um, you know, I had a kind of run my course at SUNY Ulster. I've, I kind of did what you could there. Unfortunately, um, there's just certain programs that in schools that are coaching is not where you're going to make your career there. Um, and, and unfortunately, financially, I just needed to start really working my way up. Um, and, and you had mentioned another, another one of my mentors in there, um, Ryan LeBlanc, um, at the time that I had made my transition from, from high school to college coaching, because I do believe that was one of the, one of the tougher choices in my, in my career was, Hey, do you want to really do this? Um, or, or did you think you were just going to be, you know, helping out here, um, and working another job? And that, and that was really, that question came straight from him. Um, and I think he, he motivated me in a way where he, he, he lifted me up in a way where he said, Hey, you know, wrestling, you understand this um, and you do a really good job of what you're doing. Um, but you just need to understand a few things. If you're going to pursue this at the next level and you're going to pursue this as a career, it's, it's going to be a full, a full blown restart. You know, this is going to be, this is going to take time. This is going to take, um, this is going to take a few lumps and, and it's going to take really being poor. Um, and that's just uh not not because the sport of wrestling can't give back to you in amazing ways, but but because it's not easy in this sport um, to build your way up to a to a level where you're going to be um, making a living, but also you know making a name for yourself to to help yourself build a program and build a culture um, and and continue to move up. Um, and at that time, I didn't understand where I was capable of moving up to, um, but I think once that started. Um, 
it got me invested in in not stopping until I was at the highest level that I could be at. Um, and and you know, and that continues through to this day. Um, but I do believe that that there are a few catalysts. And and yeah, after two years at Ulster, I was like, you know what? It's it was right around the time that COVID was really really taking a charge in New York. Um, it was a great time for a lot of people to start looking into what their other options are in terms of career. Um, and it was the perfect opportunity for me to start seeing what was available for me out there. Um, and I put my resume out at a bunch of different schools. I knew I was going to need a master's program, um, or a master's degree to take me to the, to the next level. Um, if, if I wanted to be more marketable. Um, so I looked into grad assistant programs. I looked all around and, and I, I landed at, uh, at Coker university. Um, they offered me a grad assistant position, um, which at the time, involved a little bit of pay plus they paid for my my master's degree um but, but a, a couple a couple more road bumps uh that we ran into there but I actually you know I took the job and um I packed everything that I owned into a camper that I bought um and, and rebuilt and uh, I moved to South Carolina from New York in a camper to pursue my master's degree and, and live wow. in the middle of the woods dude this this story your story of into wrestling whether it's getting into wrestling or getting into coaching is fascinating like this is like high level stuff of like being determined to to be great at coaching and uh to, you know really at what you do just in general um mm -hmm. so you know you you mentioned you went to coker uh so you've been in south carolina for several years now you know you talked about yep. ryan leblanc he's down in south carolina as well like i mentioned at the citadel um mm -hmm. you know you've been on coaching helping coach at presbyterian for several years now whether it's the men's team or the women's team but how did that opportunity come about to to join fellow um, New Yorker? Uh, you know, Mark Cody's got several New York ties, but how did the oh, joining yeah. Coach Cody in Clinton, South Carolina, come about? So, uh, I yeah, you know, I mentioned before it's a uh, it's a it's very it is it is a very interesting world. Um, the wrestling world is very large, but it's also very small. Um, I think my story is a. Uh, is a unique story. Um, you know, I spent a year working at Coker. I spent a year trying to decide, you know, Hey, is, is this the level that I'm going to be coaching at? Is this, is this it? Is this where, you know, it all goes, you know, it starts to level off for me in a, in a, in a way of like, you know, this is where I want to be. Um, I had a great setup there in terms of it, it, there was a possibility of me moving up, um, and taking over if the, if the head coach had, had left there. Um, and, you know, there were some opportunities in that time. Um, and at the same time, you know, yeah, Ryan LeBlanc was down, is, is down at the Citadel right now. So he was, uh, he was allowing for me to be part of his uh, Charleston RTC, uh, which he was just getting up and running at the time. It was his first year at, at, um, at the Citadel at the time. So I was actually had a great connection, able to bring my division two wrestlers down to work out with his division one guys. Um, and we were creating some doors there and some opportunities. So for me, I was like, you know what, maybe this is the end of the road. Uh, maybe not, not end of the road in terms of, you know, but, but this, maybe this is my landing place and this is where I'm going to start building something special. Um, and, you know, I, I had definitely prayed about it. I definitely was starting to financially run into some tough times. Um, and at those times I, I started looking and I just kind of put my name out there again. Um, I put my name out at probably 30 different schools. Um, I heard back, I got, I got some, uh, some information back from some schools. I got a couple interviews that I lined up, which were really, really great interviews. Um, but they just didn't go through, uh, the way that I thought they would. Um, and 
what was happening at that time as well is is this explosion of women's wrestling and women's wrestling jobs that were opening up and uh and like I said at the time I was like well, you know maybe maybe this is the level that I'm supposed to be coaching at you know maybe I'm I'm a division two coach maybe this is where I, I need to be um and you you wouldn't believe it um but as soon as I had had almost given up on moving on to something new and and deciding hey I'm I'm gonna stay another year at Coker I I was sitting in my office and I got a phone call from from somebody I hadn't heard from in a long time and somebody who got my, my coaching career kind of up and running and, and it was Frank Papalizio. Um, he calls me, uh, he says, Hey, you know, you told me when you started all this stuff that you wanted to take it to the highest level that you possibly could. He goes, I need to know the truth. I need to know, you know, are you serious? You know, are you really serious about this? Is this something that you actually really want to do? Um, he goes, because, because if it's true, you know, and you're, and you're actually willing to put in the time and put in the work and, and, and continue to do what you're doing. Um, he goes, I might have a, a really great opportunity for you. Um, and so, you know, Frank's, Frank's a good, a good dude. Um, he's, he's, he's done so much for me and continues to, to be part of my life and my journey. Um, and it was just one of those times where you're like, you know what, this guy knows people, this guy knows, you know, really great things about the sport and he really looks out for people. Um, and if he's calling you and telling you, Hey, there's an opportunity, uh, you know, he's a busy guy. So if he's reaching out to you, you better, uh, you better know that, that he's got something for you. Um, and so he was like, Hey, I've, I, I've got a guy who really needs a coach. He goes, you're already in South Carolina. I've already told him about you. He goes, but I will not, be sending you over there unless you are, are all in on, on moving up to the division one level and becoming a division one coach. Um, and I was like, listen, Frank, you are calling me from my, from my 29 foot travel trailer right now that I moved to South Carolina. And I said, if I'm, if I'm not all in, I don't know who is, you know, I said, I, you know, I'm putting it all on the line right now. I don't care if I, if I, if I lose even more money moving, I said, the next move for me has to be up you know, it's got to be to the next level. Um, I said, I'm putting in the time I'm, I'm having some success at every, every school I've been at. Um, you know, I, I took a little bit of what they had and, and added to it, you know, and I, and I had some great things happen, some historical moments at some of these other schools and, and things that, that I'm really proud of my athletes for being able to accomplish. Um, but, but really all of it just came from, from buying into some simple systems and, uh, and the culture I was looking to provide. And I was like, Hey, if this guy's values align with my values, you know, let's hook it up. Let's see what, let's see what we can do. Um, and he got me, got me Mark Cody's number. Um, you know, I, uh, called him, I texted him and, uh, and nothing didn't get a response. Um, and, uh, so at that moment, you know, I was like, Oh, all right. Like, you know, maybe it's going to just be a little while longer. And, uh, and another, another crazy moment, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I've been trying to to pray about all these things before I, I, you know, make some decisions. So, you know, I kind of prayed about it. I was sitting in my office and uh, crazy, crazy way for this to happen. But I got up from my office and I said, I've got to know where I'm going to be. So, so here's the time, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to decide right now, this is where I'm staying. And I stand up and my phone starts ringing. Um, I'm in the middle of the office. My so I, I stood up in the office, you know, to go make that final phone call to let him know, hey, you know, it's been been a little while. I'm going to just let you know I'm staying here. And, uh, you know, I stand up 
and and the pocket starts the pocket starts ringing you know middle of the office and, and I look down and and who is it it's it's Mark Cody um and you know I had done my research I have you know I've looked up you know the things that that Mark has accomplished and just who he's been involved with and and the people that he's inspired and the people that he's you know really guided to to such great amazing things and I was like wow this guy's calling me um, and, and, you know, you just have those, some of those moments where you're just like, are you sure, are you sure he's really, you know, is he calling me to tell me, Hey, sorry, this isn't going to work out. And so, you know, I kind of walked outside, I answered the phone. I was like, Hey, Mark, you know, how's it going? And he was like, Hey, he goes, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, uh, I could be doing nothing. He's like, all right, I got to get you on campus as soon as possible. Cause I gotta, I gotta finalize this. Um, and he, the next day I was in my car, you know, and this is five at night, you know, the next day I'm in my car driving up to Presbyterian college with my, with my shirt and tie on, um, in my Jeep that, that barely runs. Um, and I'm like, wow. I was like, I'm about to go, you know, go talk to, to one of the people that really, you know, in a, in a short sense that I've idolized in the coaching, in the coaching world for, for a while. Um, I, so many of his wrestlers were my favorite wrestlers. Um, you know, Kendrick Maple, um, Cody Brewer were guys that I got to watch while I was in college um, and just being able to to go and, and know like, hey, I, I've got an opportunity here um, to coach with somebody who who really could help me step my own game up, but really be a mentor um, in, in all facets of, of the coaching world. Um, as we all know, you know, the wrestling coaching world is, is not just coaching wrestling. Um, and he's one of the guys that he really knows how to to bring it on all fronts. Um, and so just showing up here, I think he probably was like, man, this kid's cheesing, cheesing pretty good. You know, he looks like he's, uh, he's got his, like, you know, the stardust is, is, is falling from the skies. You know, I was like, wow, this is, this is great. And, and, you know, we're, uh, one of the newest programs in division one, um, we're at the smallest division one school in the country. So, you know, we don't have, you know, some of the, some of the fanciest things yet, you know, we're working towards a lot of these really great, great things that Mark has gotten running for the program, but just showing up and knowing that I was about to be a part of somebody else's vision. Um, that was just so similar to mine when I was getting started. Um, and his vision had, had come to fruition at, at multiple other programs. Um, just what he did with at American university, um, in such a short time, he, he brought them from, from getting rid of their program to being fifth in the country and just knowing, Hey, I'm, I'm about to be a part of the process of that, you know? And, and I was just so excited to, to know, like, you know, we might, we're not there yet, but, but I'm about to be a piece of getting there. Um, and not only that, I was in, in between, Hey, do you want to coach men's or do you want to coach women's wrestling? And, you know, we started the first ever division one women's wrestling program here. Um, and, and that started when, when Mark had, come to to get all the program started and uh I was like wow I wonder what who he wants me to work with you know and immediately he was like I I need somebody who is able to work with both programs and I, I was like I'm in I, I didn't I didn't ask about money I didn't ask about anything and, and he looked at me and he was like okay good because I'm offering you the job and it was you know a couple hours after meeting him and I'm just sitting there and I was like did I just get offered a division one coaching job you know, I, you know, I, this all started in my barn, you know, and, uh, and I just sat there and I just smiled and we, you know, we were picking up his kid from middle school, you know, his kid got in and I was like, I was like, Hey man, like, I'm just smiling there that they probably had no idea why I'm smirking so much. And I was like, man, this is really, 
you know, this is such a blessing. Um, and I was just so excited, like I said, to be a part of something, something new, something fresh, but also, you know, continuing to, to prove what the hard work and what the belief in, in the process does for you. Um, I, I love those moments because there's so many moments where maybe you're down on yourself uh, because sometimes you're just not seeing what you're working towards, even though you're putting in the time you're, you're putting in the effort. And then, and then those, those real moments where you, you see, you see the progress, you see the, the motion upward. Um, I mean, they're just so, they're just so surreal. Um, and, and sometimes you take them a little bit for granted, but I just think, I just think this was one of those moments where I was like, you know what? I don't think a lot of people get the opportunity that I'm getting right now um, to, to go from division three wrestling um, and move into a division one coaching role. Um, and I just was, I was pretty quiet for, for the next couple of days where I was just like, you know what, I, I've got to go and, and I've got to make some real, real moves here. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what landed me here. You, you must've had your, your feet kicked up in that 29 foot camper that night, you know, feeling proud of yourself knowing that you're a division one wrestling coach. I mean, that is, that's impressive. Like how this story has all led to that. Um, but you know, you mentioned him at American university, which I've got a small story. Um, coach yeah, yeah. Cody, when he, he wrestled at, uh, SUNY Delhi for a few years, um, you know, and he, yeah. he met up with Neil Freeman, which used to coach at a section three school up near us on the other side of, well, we're in section 10, but he's section three. Um, but they came to governor and they, um, coach Cody and I think grand bar, uh, Sanja, uh, that Russell at American came up in, they put on a clinic for, or actually it was part of a camp, but they uh, came to governor several, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, whatever it was. But, you know, it's actually kind of funny in full circle. Coach Cody coached um, the Borshoffs, you know, from Rochester yep. area when they were at American. And now, um, you know, Kyle Borshoff is coaching um, Carter Barrett who's from governor. Yeah, yeah. Binghamton. So it's kind of full circle. So whatever, you know, Bears bringing home from Binghamton's kind of learned from Borshoff, who also learned from Coach Cody. Um, but you know, yep. turned American University into a solid program. You know, what's the biggest thing you've learned so far, um, being under his tutelage? Um, well, now coaching alongside of him. Uh, so there's definitely a few things that I would take away. Um, you know, to to really put an emphasis on, and and you know, the main the main piece um, that I think is is one of the toughest but most important things is is staying true to what you know is right um and staying true to what you're preaching and staying true to even even when things are not going your way um staying true to the people who are invested um and making sure that you're not going to be taken off course um just because some people are, are saying some things or maybe some people are, are not supporting you the way they used to support you um, and making sure that you're not changing your way um, just so that you can fit some, some people's needs. Um, because, you know, if you, if you have a process or, you know, a process that works, you know, the only way to make it work is, is to work your process. Um, you gotta, you gotta believe in it. You have to trust it. Um, and, and then, and then the second, um, which is our most important coaching philosophy is, no matter who you're wrestling out there um it's your lifestyle versus their lifestyle it doesn't matter what coaching they've got um you know at this level there's so many high level coaches out there there are so many high level opportunities to train there's so many high level part practice partners out there if everybody's training on the same level 
then what's going to win us a championship? What's going to get us to that next level? Um, and it's every bit a part of your lifestyle. It's what you're going to put in your body. It's how you're going to spend your free time. Um, it's what you're going to do in the classroom um, and how you're going to grow as a person and, and how you treat other people. Um, all of those things are so, so important uh, if you're going to be successful at this level. Um, you know, there's so few people that can just have a couple good days and make a name for themselves at the division one level. Um, and there's a reason for that, you know, consistency is, is what wins. And, you know, we preach lifestyle every single day on both sides. Um, you know, obviously I was working with both sides full-time up until about a week ago um, where I've, I've finally moved full-time into the, the women's side and I'll still be um, an assistant coach on the men's side. Um, in terms of recruiting and development and, and our RTC. Um, but, you know, we've just preached on both sides and, and every person who has bought into our lifestyle uh, process and, and culture has seen success, has seen immense growth um, and has seen, and maybe not just on the mat, but they've just been, been becoming better people, better individuals, better student athletes. Um, and you just can't get away from it. You cannot take, time off from being a good person and, and doing the right things. Um, and it's, it speaks dividends. Um, I think there's many people who have been coached by coach Cody who, who have bought into the lifestyle, have bought into the, the piece that he preaches. And I think that that's why he was able to turn so many uh, programs around in, in short amounts of time and, and have success um, with some really, really high level competition out there. You know, I think there's a lot of guys that uh, he's coached that have been successful over guys that were legends in the sport because we, you know, they, they followed up and lived a better lifestyle. Um, so those are, like I said, those are two things that I think you, you got to stay true to, you got to be loyal. Um, and, and you've got to, you've got to live a, a good lifestyle. How does that kind of work into your, your recruiting? So like between NHSCAs that I saw you down to Virginia beach, you know, you went to women's mm -hmm. nationals in Spokane as well, you know, obviously there to coach, but you're, you know, recruiting as well, you know, and the mm -hmm. other tournaments that you recruit at though, what are you looking for while recruiting girls? And I guess even, um, you know, boys, when it comes to wrestlers across the country to come to Presbyterian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question. Um, recruitment is, is 100% of, of getting something started, you know, and, uh, I think recruitment is probably one of the things that I, I like to, to say I'm, I'm pretty good at. Um, you know, I, I really like to do my homework. You know, I, I recruit high-level athletes. I recruit people who have high-level accomplishments, but that is just, just the start. You know, um, I'm going to start there just because, you know, sometimes that, that helps you see somebody's name. Um, what I've been really, really blessed with, uh, as you mentioned, is my recruiting game has, has – come from the connections that I've made through the wrestling world. And, you know, I went to SUNY Cortland. Every one of my teammates is involved in wrestling still. Every one of my teammates has, has coaching at some club somewhere. I have wrestling connections all over the country at this point, um, which have led me, maybe it's not the guys that they're coaching, but they're able to help me point out, Hey, I listen, I like this guy. I know he hasn't win a, won a couple state titles, you know, but he, he finally won one this year. What was the difference? And they're like, Hey, you know, we coach at the school next to him. That's their guy. That's the guy that, that shows up every day. He's a leader on their team. Um, he's, he's living the right lifestyle when other guys are spending time, you know, unfortunately these days, I think it's easy to get your hands on things um, 
that, that aren't going to improve your lifestyle in terms of diet, in terms of social media, in terms of, you know, maybe, maybe vaping and, and drinking. Um, and, and I can know those things because I think my connections in the wrestling world are, are running really deep right now with people who, you know, they're, they're not just coaching, but they're just involved. Um, and so I recruit around that, you know, I, I love to see guys that are, are similar to myself that maybe they weren't the guy getting started. Um, but they know what it takes to be that guy. Um, you know, we've got a guy on our team right now is New York guy was a, a New York state champion last year, uh, Reed Douglas. Um, and you know, he was a, a red shirt freshman for us this year. And, and that's just really what we saw in him. You know, he, he won a state title, but before that he had never been to the state tournament. Um, but you know, he's the guy that reaches out and he asks, Hey, how can I fix this? How can I work on my technique? You know, Hey, uh, I've got this in my diet right now. You know, what should I adjust? Um, and, and we've got many more on our team just like that. Um, especially, you know, our young guys are, are really buying in, um, and they've got some, some better examples, you know, at the, uh, with, with some of our older guys that are really starting to understand the system. Um, so we're starting to build that culture. And then on the women's side, what's been really excellent for me, um, is the rapid growth and the like electric change of the sport. Um, just in the last four years, we are recruiting a totally different level of women's wrestlers. Um, there are so many great wrestlers that are in college right now, and there are just so many more that are coming out of the high school level that have been wrestling, you know, only girls for the last five years. Um, so the technique is just rising at, at a rapid level. Um, I mean, we've got we've got eighth graders that are, are beating out seniors in the, in the super 32 finals. We've got, you know, we've got people who are making the world team um, and, and winning us open titles that are, that are juniors in high school, you know? Um, so the recruiting game is super electric. Um, and, and the best part is, uh, you know, every, every girl who's, who's accomplishing big things right now are, are, um, you know, they're, one, they're, they're easy to spot, but two, um, you know, you, you just do a little bit of digging and you find out about their lifestyle and, and people who are excelling right now are the people who are doing the right things outside of the room. Um, so I think that's really what it is in, re in recruiting. Um, you gotta know more than just the wrestler that you're recruiting. You gotta know some of the people that are around them. Um, and you've got to do your homework a little bit. Um, and we're recruiting really high-level students. Um, it's not exactly simple to get into to Presbyterian College. Um, you know, we're not a huge college, so we're, we have a little bit of a selective process. But you know, we know that high-level students are going to turn into high-level wrestlers because um, they know what it what it's like to put in the time to, for the things that matter and and be able to manage their time. Um, and that's really what we're looking for is somebody who, you know, they want to be at a high level, um, not just in wrestling, not just in, you know, uh, in, in sports and they want to, they want to really excel in the classroom. They want to get invested in doing some internships. They want to be a part of the community and maybe some of the churches in the area. Um, and you know, when you find somebody who, who already shows that throughout their, their high school development, you know, you find out who's going to be a good fit for your program and who's not. Yeah, I mean, speaking of recruiting, um, you know, if you fit that mold, you know, this Saturday is Junior and Senior Recruiting Day at Presbyterian for the Presbyterian Women's Wrestling Program. Um, you know, what does that day entail? So, actually, I I I hate to 
put it out on the podcast. We're going to be postponing that into June, um, just because I, I I came back with a with a boo boo uh, from my uh, experience at the the U.S. Open, um, as expected. But uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna push it back a little bit. I want to be able to show some technique and and wrestle a little bit um, when we do that. But you know, our recruiting day um, will get pushed back a little bit into the summer, so some more high schoolers can show up. Um, but basically, what we're gonna do is we're gonna open up the floor. Um, for the girls who show up to be able to ask questions directly to some of our recruited athletes, um, to be able to ask questions to our, our girls who are on the team who have really accomplished some special things already. Um, and then we're going to, we're going to have a full admissions tour. Um, so we'll have some people from the other side of campus that are going to take care of our, our people coming in. They're going to take them around the college. Uh, they're going to, they're going to answer some academic side of things and, uh, they're actually going to, feed them to a nice meal. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun day. And then, and then we've got, you know, some opportunities afterward to, to check out our, our wrestling. Um, we've got a brand new facility that's going up right now. So we're really excited about that. We're hoping that by the time that we, uh, you know, we're able to, to have our recruiting day that they'll kind of maybe open the doors up for us a little bit and let us see inside and, and see what's getting built here. Um, but well, we're ready to open that, that facility up. I think they're going to be ready right around August. Um, so it'd be nice to see it right before they, they unveil that. Yeah. You know, I'm glad actually that it did get pushed back. Um, mom, but it's, it's great that you're, uh, you're able to get on this podcast and hopefully more people listen to this podcast because, you know, I mean, your story is great into the sport of wrestling and, you know, obviously it's uh talking about Presbyterian and seems like a great program, great school to be at. So, you know, mm-hmm. you talked about, the growth of women's wrestling across country in which I, I see it as well. I've been a Fargo the last two years, uh, watched the girls wrestling out there, been an NHSEAs for the last several years, watch the wrestlers there, you know, there's more and more, you know, I guess the skill of the, the girls wrestling. I mean, obviously girls wrestling is booming just in numbers in general, mm-hmm. but again, the skill and the, the top level of competition um, is, is growing across these tournaments. You know, New York wrestling just sanctioned, women's wrestling as a it's not necessarily a state championship sport yet but it's we had the state invitational in Syracuse which was a huge event I was huge for the girls yep. um, wrestling in New York you know have you followed along a little or at all um with the progress here in the Empire State yeah absolutely so um what what's great about the start of my my coaching career um I was able to my like I mentioned before, my sister actually wrestled up through middle school, um, and the club that she went to was was in Minnesing Valley, um, and was run by Heath Macaluso, um, who was you know head of women's wrestling uh, for quite a while, and uh, you know his girls were were really great athletes and and are continuing to to do great things at um, East Stroudsburg, and you know we're still in in contact, but you know I was able to watch something like that, which was a club with 30 girls, you know, six years ago, um, turn into what women's wrestling is right now. Um, so New York, always my first go-to in terms of recruiting beds. Um, I, I'm so excited that women's wrestling is, is making a huge turn in New York. I'm so excited that there is very high level athletes, uh, that are coming out of New York right now, because I do truly believe that, you know, there's so many, so many opportunities across the country. And I do believe that that PC is a place that, uh, you know, as a, as a fellow New Yorker myself moving down here and, and being able to enjoy the weather and being able to enjoy just what, what PC has to offer. I, I believe that, that New Yorkers, they have a unique fit here um, at PC. And I just think it's such a cool, a cool little opportunity. And, and the fact that women's wrestling is growing more and more, 
it just means that the connections that I already have are going to lead me to, to some of these great, great athletes and, and great humans that are just, just moving up and taking advantage of the new opportunities. Um, so like I said, I'm excited for it. I've seen it. Um, I know that, I know that there's, there's full lineups in New York now at some of these schools that, you know, a couple, just a couple years ago, we're like, heck no, we're not going to add women's wrestling and, you know, and just the turn of attitude and the turn, it's, it's super motivating. Um, it really, really makes me think that people are going to continue to buy into what women's wrestling has to offer. Um, the sport, like I said, it, it's so, it's just so electric. Um, it's, it's changing so quickly. Um, you know, the, the women are just, they're just so motivated to be, to be better. Uh, they're enthusiastic. Um, they're grateful for the opportunity to get out there and compete. And it's just, it's been a blessing to be a part of, of it now more than I, I was. Um, but it's been a blessing to be able to see it grow from me just getting, just getting involved with it a few years back, um, to what it is now. And now, you know, moving into a role of what, what I believe to be something really special. I mean, there's four, there's four division one women's wrestling programs in the country right now. Um, and to be able to say that I'm the head coach of, of one of those four programs um, uh, among some elite, elite, uh, just some other elite coaches that are out there. Um, it just feels like such a blessing to be able to, to, to display, you know, what I've been working towards and what I've, what I've been, you know, maybe in the shadows uh, getting done for a little bit here. Um, you know, I'm excited to, to bring, somebody else in and we're looking for for people who want to be a part of this program um in terms of you know coaching and helping out and and we're we're on the hunt right now to to continue to build like i said we've got a new facility that's coming in we, we probably have one of the top two recruiting classes in the country that's coming in this year and and you know there's schools out there that might be a little bit bigger than ours and and we're looking to 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 take them out and and be competitive at the highest level um and not just this year, not just next year, but, but consistently, um, and, and over, you know, a really long period of time, we want to, we want to be there right at the top. You know, we started, we started the, we started the game, the, the D1 wrestling for women's game. And, and we don't just want to be the first, uh, we want to be the greatest. So. Yeah. I love that. I mean, so talking about the growth of women's wrestling in New York, again, we've got several programs, um, you know, colleges that are obviously starting wrestling, but again, it's in New York. They're not division one. You guys are division one. You guys are in South Carolina. It's 80 degrees mm -hmm. down there. It's 40 degrees up here. I've got a girl that took second at NHSCA. She took fourth at Fargo um, that I coach up here. She might have to just, you know, look in and go into Presbyterian because that's clearly better, uh, better temperature down there. Uh, she'll be, enjoying yourself more down there, but talking about being the best in the country, you know, explain to us, I mean, some, some kind of people that aren't in, as informed as others, but explain mm -hmm. who competes at the national tournament, you know, the end of the year national tournament for girls wrestling. Right. I mean, you guys are the NCAA. Um, so, you know, mm -hmm. since you get the blue hoses in NCAA division one, what do you guys compete mm -hmm. in compared to, you know, what other colleges McKendree or, or other schools compete in? <laughs> Yeah, so pretty unique landscape right now. Um, over the last three years, they've uh, they've there's been just so many colleges to add, but not just that. There's been so many athletes to join programs. Um, so the growth of the sport has been pretty immense at the college level. So originally, where NAI schools would be involved in that, um, NAI has their own sanctioned tournament now. So they're their own separate division um, with some really really high level programs, you know, that are competing there. Um, so we get to compete against them throughout the year. Um, and we get to have some duels and, and do some open tournaments against them. But 
Um, in terms, in terms of competition for our postseason and competition for, for, you know, some of our duels, uh, you know, within our region, um, every division at the NCAA level competes together. So it's, it's division one, division two and division three. Um, so you've got some really high level programs that have been around for a, for a long period of time at the division two and the division three level. Um, and then what's, what's really awesome is the fact that some, some schools are, are sponsoring division one wrestling now um the pool of competition is is not big enough for our own national tournament um but now we actually get to compete with some of these schools that they might have had an advantage in in terms of the fact that they've been around for 10 years they've been around for for 14 years um and produced some of the best wrestlers that you see in women's wrestling today um but now we get to kind of get a little bit of a fresh start on the division one side while the sport is really starting to solidify itself at this level. Um, there's full rosters across the board. Now there are really high level women throughout everybody's roster. Um, duels are starting to become a lot more competitive. So we're able to have a lot more excitement through our national duels tournament. Um, we're, we're really, you know, we're really excited to jump in at this time. You know, we're only, this is our fifth year with our, with our, only our fourth year of competition. Um, and, and we've already had, you know, we've had nine all Americans, we've had two national champions um, and we've placed at the national duels um, all with, without even having a wrestling room. Um, so we're just really excited for what's to come and what's what, what growth there is um, and really kicking off division one wrestling on its own front. Um, you know, we're going to be competing against all divisions for the next few years as, as people really start to buy in and, and get invested in division one wrestling on the women's side. Um, but, you know, making sure that we're highlighting why it's so important to have wrestling at the highest level um, and, and sponsor it there. It's very exciting. I mean, you said you're one of four NCAA division one programs that have women's wrestling. So as the sport continues to grow and more, programs at it like you guys are you guys are you know building that um you know where the country wants to see it as well which i mean it's fun to follow along the national tournament whether it's the ncaa with they compete in at the end of the year um or you know the naia it's it's fun to see the growth of women's wrestling at that level as well um you know kind of the last question i had was you know what's the best part about being able to coach women's wrestling you know at the national level or even just being able to have a positive impact on the growth of women's wrestling that's a really good question. Um, I think there's there's a lot of really, really great benefits to it. Um, one, it's fresh. You know, it's new in a sense where, you know, people are really, truly becoming invested and really, really understanding. Um, I think I mentioned this before, um, just what it means to have women involved in the sport of wrestling and just how much it can actually do um, for for women in athletics. Um, I think there's a lot of really highly motivated women out there that that know that they can compete in a sport that's really, really tough, um, that takes a toll on your body, on your mental state. And I just think that there's so much room um, for for opportunity um, for these women to, to be part of something that I've always thought was extremely special and an extremely important part of my journey. And, and that's wrestling, you know. Um, so being a part of being able to promote this sport at the highest level um, is I couldn't ask for a better situation. You know, I, I love the sport. I love the fact that, that women are, are absolutely 
you know, they're, they're killing it. Um, and I love the fact that, you know, yeah, we're one of, we're one of four programs right now that's sponsoring it at the highest level. Let's make some noise, you know, let's use our platform. Let's use, let's use the ability, um, to speak out and, and get other people on board, um, and show that these resources, uh, you know, they, they need to be geared towards building this sport at this level. Um, and, you know, to, to be able to do that alongside of, of Mark Cody, who really got the, th- the ball kicked off here um, and, and has given myself a platform to be able to show this school um, that I'm the person for the job, um, you know, it has been just I, I can't I can't thank the school and I can't thank Mark Cody enough um, for the ability, because I, I truly believe that that just that six, seven years ago when I got started and I saw that club for the first time with 30 women you know, that, that were maybe five to, to 11 years old and they were absolutely beating the brakes off of each other. And they were just laser focused in this room um, with Heath as their coach and, and with some of these other girls that were great role models at the time. Like in those moments, I just remember saying this to myself. I was like, this is going to be a really big deal, you know, and, and to be a part of it now and to be a part of it in the form that I am and, and at this level, it just – it just really excites me um, to, hey, you know what? It's growing. It's it's at a point where it's really really big. But let's take it and run with it. You know, you're you're in a situation now where we've got that ability. Let's let's get more people involved. Let's keep, continue to get the word out there. Let's get um, you know, let's get some people on board supporting our program and uh, and let's let's do something really really special. And and I think it's going to be something special for for the girls and the and the people who are involved in our program. Um, but I also think it's going to be something special for, for those who are, are looking up to, you know, some of our athletes and, and looking up to our program um, for, for being the first, but, but also maybe, you know, doing things the right way and, and, and preaching greatness and the importance of, of lifestyle and preaching, you know, being a good person. And, and like I said, just promoting the sport in the healthiest way that you can. Couldn't agree anymore. I mean, that's you're you're in a great situation at Presbyterian. Presbyterian's in a great situation with you and Coach Cody at the helm of your the men's and women's wrestling programs. And you know, just being able to help grow the women's wrestling in, in the right way that it needs to be, you know, as you mentioned, uh, it's just it's phenomenal. And then of course, just, just your story as well. Like the last 70 minutes we've talked about, you know, you getting into wrestling super late and and like this is kind of like a a warning to other people, not a warning, but like, you don't need to join wrestling when you're six years old and have 500 wins. Like, you know, your, um, story throughout, you know, starting in eighth grade to, you know, being a 500 wrestler to, to, you know, being, a having a winning record as a senior. And then of course, going out to Cortland state and, you know, Ulster and, and poker and, and your connections with coach Papalizio. It just, it's crazy. This story has been, it's probably one of my favorite episodes that I've done in a while, to be honest with you, but um, Coach Thank B, you. do you have anything else to add? I I kind of want to just off. piggyback piggyback off of what you're saying there. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things that have propelled me to this moment. I think that that God has played a huge role in setting me up with, around the right people, um, and, and putting me through things that I I definitely have needed to be put through, um, in in order to become a coach that can can coach at a high level. Um, I I cannot preach enough how important it is to to set a goal um and continue to do the right things on a daily basis um if you truly want to reach it um i think that 
nose to the grindstone is really important, but you've got to have a direction um, and, and just make sure that you are each one of your actions is somehow leading you in that direction and guiding you towards those goals. And, and I truly believe that you'll, you'll, you'll find that you're going to accomplish some things that, that maybe you never thought were possible. This was an awesome episode. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode and uh, you know, don't forget to go ahead on Apple podcast, share it, um, give it a rate and review. Coach V, I'm looking forward to following you guys, the blue hose throughout the season and, you know, good luck this summer. I'll be sure to share the the next uh, date for that recruiting as you uh, reschedule it going forward. But, yeah, appreciate it for jumping on. Awesome, man. I really appreciate you for having me and, and all you're doing for New York wrestling, man. I'm trying. All right. Have a good one.